Thank you to our sponsor for season two, Punto Space. The contemporary raw space combines capacity with intimacy. Four distinct spaces on three levels encompass more than 3,500 square feet. Custom configurations, a state-of-the-art audio-visual system, and full-service support provide endless possibilities for realizing your creative vision. Welcome to Currency Shift, the podcast where we showcase and share insights from first, only, and the disruptive. These are people who are creating new lanes and carving new paths for women, people of color, and diversity and inclusion. My name is Shade Simone. Let's get started. We have Mocha in the house. <laughs> yes, I'm yes. in the house. And cheers to you and everything you've accomplished thus far. Let's Thank you so much. Soup. Thank you. Mm. Nice. So the good thing about Mocha that I recently learned is that he does not drink alcohol. <laughs> so we are toasting and celebrating with uh, some sparkling orange water, which is really tasty, actually. Oh, man. Staying <laughs> on the healthy side. Staying on the healthy side. So, Mocha, take this moment and just tell us a little bit about who you are and a little bit about Mocha Mills' experience. Well, my name is Mocha. Um, I go by my last name. Mocha is actually my last name because my first name is a little, a little bit complicated. It just goes by Chukweloka. And okay. so Mocha just stuck around based on me speaking to various people. However, um, right now I'm in the technology scene, cryptocurrency, in regards to bitcoins. I'm a technology manager. And so what I do is um, I interview various engineers in the industry and work partners with partner with various CTOs to figure out how we could scale from an organization standpoint and how we could build out various platforms. So that's what I do as a professional career. Mm -hmm. However, in regards to the entertainment side of things, we have a company called the Mocha Mills Experience. Pretty much what we do is we represent Afrobeats on various platforms and not just Afrobeats, all kind of music, but we're majority Afrobeats because we have a team, a collective of various individuals who bring various skills in regards to what we are looking to do. And so we've been doing very well. It's been growing and we're making a lot of noise in regards to the entertainment industry, especially in New York overall. All right, very nice. I, like We could nerd out for a, a minute about the <laughs> cryptocurrency and Bitcoin. Yeah. Like I like that aspect of tech. But we're just going to focus on you and what you're doing with the Mocha Mills experience. Okay. But before we jump and dive deeper into that, let's take five steps back mm -hmm. and help the audience understand, like, when you were younger, what were some of your childhood aspirations and dreams? Well, when I was younger... I always wanted to be a lawyer. I think growing up in an African household, we have various professions that your parents push you towards, whether it's being a doctor, lawyer, engineer. Yeah. And so I wanted to be a, a lawyer. But then as I grew older, I realized that I didn't like to read as much. <laughs> <laughs> I realized I didn't like to read as much, and that wouldn't make sense for me if I wanted to be a lawyer. So I eventually ventured into business, um, mm -hmm. did my finished high school, went into college, studied business management, and then as I grew older, I realized business is actually, I was actually good at, good in business. And then I started learning more about the industry. And then eventually I'm stuck in the business room, just trying to be an entrepreneur and figuring out how I could leverage my skill sets and my passion in regards to making stuff happen. Now, in our season one, we had a few guests that had the same uh, 
experience growing up with their parents yeah. wanting to isolate them into engineering law or being a doctor yeah how does your parents adjust to you going the business route and then it ultimately ended up in the tech sphere because you have your mba right yes okay Yes, um, my parents are very educated. <laughs> my dad has a PhD. My mom mm-hmm. has a master's. She's actually a college professor mm-hmm. at uh, big schools in New York. And so for me, they're, they're very flexible. They understand as long as you have passion for something, you should go for it. They're mm-hmm. not just stuck with the old traditions that most African households have, whereby this is what you need to do. Mm-hmm. So as long as you have a plan and you're very passionate about the plan, they always encourage you to p- go for it. I know earlier it was a bit rough because when we were in Nigeria, we lived. I lived in Nigeria for a long period of mm-hmm. time. We was a Nigerian, so based on how the industry shaped in Nigeria, they want you to have something sustainable that at least you yeah. can <laughs> use to provide for your family. And so I was in that space. That's why they encourage us to make sure we study and make sure we go into one of those fields that you could make a lot of money from, especially being in that economy. However, as we grew older and we migrated over here to the U.S., mm-hmm. so things started changing and them being more open-minded in regards to going into different fields. That's really good. So from the business and being in the Bitcoin industry and everything, like where essentially did uh, Mocha Mills, the experience come from? Like how did that, because that's two different, different industries. Well, it started, it started, um, I think two years ago, two, Two and a half years ago, um, so I was never into the entertainment space. I don't, I didn't like partying, but in college I was always popular in regards to being knowing everybody because I played sports in college. Mm-hmm. So when I got back from college, um, I was I, I I had um a friend who was in the entertainment scene. He was a DJ, so people knew me in the business world because I was managing people at that point. I was doing various things, and someone said, "Why don't you manage this person?" Um, I was I'm. I don't know if you're familiar with a guy named um, Ocross, Omezie. Oh, yes. Yeah. We we hung out a lot in New York. <laughs> <laughs> I know the crew, yes. Yes, so Omezie, he was, he's a DJ, and so I was always around him, seeing what he did as a DJ and just meeting people around him. And so he met a, a guy who we went to the same church with um, called DJ Don. Mm-hmm. So he said, Mok, why don't you just manage this guy? He's very talented. You could use your managerial skills to actually help him grow as an individual and leverage his talent more. So at that time, I wasn't really thinking too deep about it. And then we had a, I had a conversation with him because we were in the same church. Mm-hmm. And then he told me he wanted to be a DJ. This is what he's looking to accomplish. I said, okay, we could, we could see what we could do with this. So in regards to, from the business side of things, I was helping him do the negotiations. Because, you know, when you're in entertainment space, um, some people don't know how to work, do the corporate side of things. So when he mm-hmm. had events, he didn't really want to have the conversation of figuring out the prize, figuring out how to how to deal with various people. He just wanted to focus on his talents because that's what his gift is at. Right. So we started from there. We started growing. And then I came across um, another DJ, DJ Booker, who's DJ Don's cousin. Mm. So he saw how we operated and we were doing very well. So we brought him on board because at that point we were getting a lot of events on DJ Don. So he was getting mm-hmm. a lot of bookings. So we needed to outsource some of those bookings to someone else. To someone else, yeah. And DJ Booker was already a household name in the community and the scene at that point. Mm-hmm. So we brought him on board and it became easier. So when I got to a position whereby I was having a lot of bookings from both DJs, so I said, it makes no sense someone coming to me and saying, oh, I want DJ Don. Or someone coming to me and saying, I want DJ Booker. 
So why don't we just create an entertainment brand so they come to that entertainment brand and if they need a DJ, we could use either one or we could have someone who's available at that time. How long did it get you, how long did it take for you to get to that point where you said, all right, let's create a brand? Because it sounds like a lot of these connections that you made are through one person knowing another person knowing another person. Is that correct? Yes. So now that you're building it, you have it. How long did it take for you to see, okay, this could really be like a true business adventure? Yeah, because at that point, managing two DJs was very difficult. I don't think people (laughs) could manage. Trying to grow two DJ careers is is a difficult thing at that point. So I figured, so if I'm reaching out to various event organizers and people that do various content Mm -hmm. and pitching to people, it's going to be very difficult. But if I pitch one brand... If I pitch uh, one sort of brand, it's going to make things a lot more easier where that when they come in contact with us and we start having a conversation, it's easier to use any other DJs or position both DJs to be at those events. Okay. So that's sort of the idea that came about it. So I was thinking about it and I spoke to them. I said, what, this is what I'm looking to do, to have this entertainment brand whereby, so if I'm reaching out to um, event curators and people that do various events in their communities, easier for me to pitch and have us on board with those events rather than saying, "Oh, I have DJ Booker or I have DJ Don." Mm. So it's, it's gonna, it's not gonna, it's not gonna look right trying to pitch <laughs> two DJs always at the same time or exactly. trying to grow their career. So we say, let's just have a home base, and so from that home base, we could grow each other, each other DJs careers from there. So throughout growing, how did you, how did you figure out what your niche would be? Um, well, how did I figure out what our niche? Our niche is pretty much being, because sometimes when when I go to events, I look at the operations from an event standpoint, how events mm-hmm. are being handled. And I noticed that most event curators are all about the money. Um, they focus on the money. They don't focus on the experience. Mm-hmm. From a consumer standpoint, you, when you go to events, you, you buy VIP tickets. It's not really VIP. <laughs> yeah. You're still, still standing in line for hours and you're just waiting <laughs> in the code. So I started realizing and seeing all these things and I made it, took it upon ourselves or I took it upon myself to say, you know what, this I don't like stuff like this because if you're paying for something, you need to be able to deliver. And especially in the entertainment scene, people come out to events to, to relieve stress, mm-hmm. not to be stressed. Say it again for yeah. <laughs> So that's thinking about that. So I say, well, you go out to events, you want to relieve stress, you want to have a good time. That's yes. sort of the focus uh, about having an event, not just all about the money. So I say we're going to, because I'm a professional, I like to th- do things the right way. So I figured, okay, I'm going to create this, and it's going to be about the experience. When you have us on your event, you see the difference in regards to how we deliver on the music, how professional we are. And how we also cater to the crowd and engage with the audience in regards to how we deliver. And so that was part of the idea behind how we created our brand and also how we grew. So this is really this is really cool to see because you're working with essentially like your friends. Mm-hmm. And then you're also working with people who have become friends. But when you're working with friends, sometimes there's tension. Sometimes there's a little bit of struggle that occurs from one person having an idea of this was the way we should take it, another person having this idea. So how how did you manage the friendship paired with the business? Um, it was very difficult in the beginning, I would say, because when we started, um, I was very present in regards to my close friends, um, Omeze, mm-hmm. Demi, I was very present. But when we started pushing the entertainment brand, I was less present because we became so busy. We were always mm-hmm. traveling, never around on the weekends to hang out and do things that we did in the past in regards to hanging out. Mm-hmm. So it became, but uh, my friends understand me and know that 
when I'm doing something, it's for a reason. And it's always going to be beneficial to us as a whole. Mm -hmm. Just know my character as an individual. So they trusted me in that light. However, when it came to decision making, I'm always we always open. To, we always have a conversation. Okay, how can we do things better? If you have an idea, bring it to the table and we evaluate it. In every business, there's always going to be discrepancies in regards to people not agreeing with things that are mm -hmm. going. As long as you could bring your opinion and um, point of view to the table, and be able to explain to the to the audience and to the group how this is beneficial to us. We always we are always flexible to listening because. We believe that the more you know, the better it is for us as a unit. So mm -hmm. th that was, there was always a challenge, but we actually we we have trust for each other and we work through it. Excellent. Now you work with a lot of brands and a lot of companies. Uh, Revolt is like one of the ones that's on the website. Yeah. Um, and a few others. Was it? How did you land the big brands and the big contracts? Um, I think it's through uh, the buzz that's happening within our name in the industry. So what I realized, um, Afrobeat is doing very well, and we're connected to various artists, Afrobeat artists, that are also have good brands. So there's an artist named Young Paris. Um, he's signed with Rock Nation. Mm -hmm. We've worked with him, and he has that connection with Revolt, with various media platforms. So when he need, has an event going on, he called us. We're going to we'll DJ for him. And he was introducing us to various clients of his. And so with that, it spread as yes. we grew. <laughs> yes. So one of the key things that I'm hearing, like, from the very start to where you are now is the power of the connections and yeah. the power of the people that you've met. So with this podcast and with the company Currency Shift, the whole yeah. purpose is to help our audience understand social currency. Mm -hmm. And that's how you use your online and offline uh, networks in order to impact your community, your business, or your brand, or you as a person. Talk to us a little bit about how you use social media to grow your audience and how you've been using the connections that you've made to really push your brand forward. Um, yeah, what I would say, social media is very important in regards to the <laughs> entertainment stage, especially from a promotional standpoint and just showing your value overall. Because what these corporations look at is the numbers. Or what can this person do? Does he have an audience? Are people listening to him? Does he have a fan base? So for me, it's just um, my, the most important thing for me is building personal relationship with people. If I've done an event for you, you'll remember me and we'll build a relationship from there. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I've always leveraged. And also from a social media standpoint, I'm not afraid of reaching out to people. Sometimes when I see something that is going on, I'll DM someone, I'll reach out to them, I'll look for their email and say, okay, how can I be a part of this? I just want to have a conversation. By the time you send out about 40 to 50 DMs, you should get at <laughs> least three responses from there. Wait. You know? <laughs> By the time you keep sending and reaching out to people, events that are happening, you get at least three responses. And all you want is that interaction and conversation. Yeah. And mind yeah. you, he said 40 to 50, you yeah. know, like you have to, even if nobody's responding, you keep sending them out because that two or three responses that you do get, that could be the difference between you being in the States and throwing a party and you being over in Europe throwing yes, a party, right? Yes, absolutely. Because sometimes people don't, haven't heard about you, mm -hmm. but if, you, if they have a conversation with you and understand what you do and what you're about, it could be worth it, worth it in the long run. So for me, I'm never afraid of reaching out to people and just asking questions. Hey, I see this is going. This is who we are. Is yeah. there a way we could be a part of this? Let me ask you this, because some people have two different profiles. They have their personal um, social media profile, and then they have their business profile. When yeah. you're reaching out to people in their DMs, does it matter which profile that you use? Yes, it does. 
um, you got to reach out with the profile that makes more sense to what you're trying to um, ac- accomplish. For us in the entertainment space, we have our entertainment um, profile, the Mocha Mills Experience um, platform. So when we have the content that is already posted there. And people, when you look at it, you say, okay, this is what these people do. So th- that's the profile we read, we use to reach out to entertainers and people in that scene and say, this is what we do, we like to be in- involved. And when they look at your profile, they say, okay, this person, this is they've been doing a lot of work in regards to their growth. And- that's a good point. Uh when you reach out, whether you're using LinkedIn to look, mm-hmm. reach out to someone or if you're using Instagram or Facebook, just recognize that even though people receive the DM and the message, yeah. they're still going to look at your overall profile yeah. to see, all right, what are you really about? And they may even Google you to see what other <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> things you've been a part of. <laughs> exactly. So you're juggling your full time with an industry that is growing rapidly, which is the Bitcoin and the cryptocurrency. Yeah. And then you're juggling your Mocha Mills, your Mocha Mills experience, which yeah. is growing rapidly. Like you guys have over 219 posts on Instagram, over 1,800 followers, and then on your Facebook, you have even more. Yeah. So how do you, you, balance everything? Um, I would say that's where having a team comes in play, and uh, we have a a strong team that is helping us, and we have a great understanding of each other, whereby we. We um, use the resources that we have. We have various people handling various things, like the Facebook page. We have someone who's helping with posting some of the content on the page. Mm -hmm. Um, Instagram is where we use heavily, that I personally use heavily for in regards to my interaction with the team because uh, I have various conversations with various um, industry um, people from that platform. But for me in particular, I use Instagram a lot, but we have team members. If I mm-hmm. if we need something to be done or to help us leverage those sort of platforms, we have people who has those assets that have that assets that uses it for the team. Do me a favor, because I really want people to understand your passion behind this business venture. Talk to us a little bit about why you chose this particular path. Why in, in regards to entertainment? <laughs> And in regards to the Mocha Mills experience, like, why is it important to spread the the noise and spread the knowledge about Afrobeats? Why is it important to help out with the DJs in this field? Like, why is that important to you? Um, For me, I've always been around music. I I enjoy music overall, right? Mm -hmm. And when you hear good music, it helps you. It's a certain type of feeling. Um, It was important to me. Afrobeats is doing well. Being in the United States and going to private school, I wasn't exposed to a lot of Afrobeats while I was in college. It was right. more of pop music. And hip-hop. Yeah, hip-hop, <laughs> sort of that genre. So coming back to New York and coming back, and I realized, okay, Afrobeats is making a little bit of a wave, but it's not out there the way it should be. And if it, even if it's out there, it's not being represented well, especially from an event standpoint. When you do events and people come, they don't get a full experience of what the Afrobeats um, industry is all about. So for me, I realized, okay, this could be a niche for us whereby it's actually getting a little bit of buzz. Why don't we position ourselves in this in this market to represent the Afrobeats community? So and also having the DJs with the talent made the, the job a lot more easier whereby right. if I could make a call and we're on a platform, the DJs would deliver and always represent the team in a very professional way. So for me, the, I'm very passionate about doing things the right way. Mm-hmm. If I'm involved in something, I want to do it right. Mm-hmm. So being in, starting off with the DJ and seeing how we started growing, I said, okay, we could be better. How can we be better? Adding more team members to help with various things because it became too much. 
I was like, <laughs> I have my full time job. I'm like, I can't do this. I can't travel. I can't be here. And so for me, I, I started saying, okay, who can I? Who can we bring on board to help us? Um, in regards to accomplishing our goals, in regards to what we want to achieve. So we started bringing various people, and we are still going to grow. This year, we plan on adding maybe additional team members that will help us with different aspects of what we're looking to Yeah. And so when you were going through the juggling, you realized the strain and recognized that, okay, we need to bring some people on. Before you got to the point where you said, okay, we need to bring some people on, how... How are you dealing with those tough times? Like, who are you really leaning on when you were in that in that section of the struggle? Um, I would say is having everything. Conversation could always solve everything. That's my mm-hmm. opinion in regards to life. If you have a conversation and a true understanding and, and respect, a lot can be accomplished and you can resolve a lot of issues. People don't like to have conversation and pride always comes in play. Oh, you know what? I don't have to be doing this. You the DJ or you the this. <laughs> I don't have to do this. You know what? I'm done. People always give up during the tough times, yeah. but I think conversation is very important. So whenever something is going on, we always communicate with each other. I could say, for example, I could reach out to the DJ and be like, okay, we need to be here here. And the DJ is like, no, I have this. Mm. I'm like, oh, I already have this event confirmed. <laughs> we have to be there. We've signed the contract. So having those conversations and keeping everybody up to date in regards to what's going on. And for, and for me, overall, I always spoke to various people in the industry when I'm having challenges because I was new in the industry. I had people like um, Duke. Duke is a big um, event um, organizer and curator in the Afrobeat scene. Um, I have just various people that I speak to just to get their opinion. This is what's going on. How can we How can we do better? Mm-hmm. And they will just give you advice. Okay, you guys could do this or you could focus on this. And with that, speaking to people, having conversations, and also bringing that conversation within the team is what actually helped me during those tough times. I like, I like that where you say people run away from conversations and yeah. that that's really important to have the conversation. Um, I know a lot of people are, are not, what's the word? Um, they run away from conflict. Yeah. So non, I, I can't think of the word that I'm thinking about, but <laughs> but I like the fact that you're saying like have the conversation and that'll push the ball forward no matter what you can solve anything through the conversation. And I like the fact that you're focused on always doing better. Yeah. So you're never comfortable. Is that is that yes, correct? Yes, I'm a perfectionist. Everybody <laughs> knows me. When you see me at an event, you'll be so shocked because I don't speak to a lot of people. I, I'm focused in regards to us delivering. And what we yeah. have to do. And so having a conversation and always being focused and also being in that mindset is what I'm all about. Yes. So given your success overall, like how do you celebrate the small wins? The small wins? Do we even have time to celebrate? <laughs> <laughs> do we have time to celebrate? I mean, it's also, uh, how I would say we celebrate is we keep encouraging each other. And we also have this conversation showing our growth. We talk about our growth. Oh, remember last year, we used to be in line um, for events. Right now, when we go to a club in New York, we go into the back door. We just go straight, straight in. We've grown into that space whereby we, our name is known in the community and things mm-hmm. are a lot more easier. So we talk about this, the struggles that we had in the past and how far we've come. And also, we all hang out with each other. We buy stuff based on the revenue that we're getting from the team. We encourage each other. We have a team that have a great understanding and an amazing relationship. So mm-hmm. that's how I would say we celebrate. And also by keep succeeding is also how we celebrate. The be- the more we the more we accomplish, the more it's a celebration for us. It shows <laughs> that you know we're actually doing something. 
Yes. Yeah. This is all very good. It's all very exciting because I remember when you guys were in Gary's apartment and yeah. y'all had the, like, y'all were trying to build it from the from the very jump. Yeah. I was like, wow, I had to keep my eye on this because I just saw, like, the hunger and the grit. And look at you all now. You have a clothing line now. Oh, man. Talk to us a little, about, a little <laughs> bit about that. Well, the clothing line is doing very well. It's actually being managed by one of our team members named Kadeem. His Instagram name. He's on he's on social media as Demi. And mm-hmm. so he's the one who's really pushing that initiative forward because he's passionate about just the presentation, how we present mm-hmm. ourselves. So as we grew and scaled, we knew that we had supporters who wanted to support us. But some some people can't come out to our event all the time. Mm-hmm. So we said for more brand exposure and more brand awareness, we could have something people could identify with, identify us with. When they see this, they'll be like, oh, this, that, this, that, this is the Mocha Mills team. These are the mo- we are supporting the movement. So we started, started with a hat, started with the summer hats, the dad yeah. caps, and it did very well. So we started up ourselves. We was wearing the products. We didn't want to sell it. We just said, okay, we're going to represent ourselves, make people, make sure people can identify us when they see us in public. Mm-hmm. And so people are like, okay, I need this hat. Oh, Demi, I need this hat. Oh, DJ Don, where did you get this hat from? Oh, wow. So there was a lot of interest in regards to our, our merchandise. So we said, okay, let's start pushing this and see if people will really support. And it started growing, especially in the South. Demi has been really doing a good <laughs> job in the South. I've never been to the South, but yeah. we have a whole community out there that is supporting us. Everybody wears the brand. They post it on social media. So we're very appreciative. And let me just tell you, he is wearing this brand. He has the hat, <laughs> the sweater. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if he had the shoelaces. Oh, man. <laughs> we actually have a shoe, but that is not for sale. That is just for internal internal team. So what piece of advice... Out of all the advice that you've received from the industry experts, from people in the community, from your parents, if you had to place one piece of advice on a post-it on your desk, what would it be? Do not take any opportunity for granted. Mm. Um, Because what I realize, people get comfortable. And when you see a little glimpse of success, you get comfortable. Mm -hmm. And then you just take it for granted, forgetting the struggles that brought you up to that point. So what I realize, when I see some artists or some DJs overall, they do a big event, oh, they get comfortable. You don't see them, the same drive that they had as they started. And so for me, it's always being focused and don't be, never being comfortable in the position you're in and not taking it for granted because that's very important. And that kind of goes back to what you were saying about always wanting to do better. Yeah. Which is really important. You always want to strive to do better than what you did before. Even if you're making, you know, a, a boatload of money or you have a lot of success, you always want to continue to do better. Yeah. That's really cool. So now we're going to enter into our speed round. Uh-oh. Yes, yes. Tough questions. <laughs> Wait, before we enter in the speed round, do you all have any signature events that you all do throughout the year? Um, yeah, we have um, a uh, annual event that we do. is this, It's called the Spring Affair. Mm-hmm. Happens during the spring season when the weather has gotten better. And our focus, we try to curate that event because we, we have DJs and we're always traveling and we're always busy. Mm-hmm. And so for us to really showcase what we do as a team, for people to start to experience um, our our brand from start to finish. Because most times when we book for an event, we either have an hour set as a DJ or we have a limited time in regards mm-hmm. to how we present ourselves as an organization. So we have a Spring Affair event that we do every year. 
this is the second year that we're doing it, and it's gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna be successful. And it's been the response for it has been great because people who came out for the first time, yeah. they were really happy and they enjoyed, they had a good time. Are you all thinking in the future to do something in the fall? So you have both parts of the year covered, a fall and a spring. Um, yeah, right now this the year is still starting. Yeah. Um, the first <laughs> one is the spring affair, but as we grow and scale, as as I mentioned, we always um, try and strive to improve. So eventually, we're gonna do more events that we have more in con- more control of that we could keep putting our content and just you know keep people. It's just very difficult to do events in New York. I'll be honest because mm-hmm. limited venues, the the cost of having an event, and we our focus is never on the money. That's why we try to do yeah. that. Last year we did a free event. We booked the venue, we covered all the expenses. People just came out and had fun. Mm-hmm. This year we are charging. Um, not charging a lot of money, but we just want people to support what we're doing so we can be able to deliver the content that we do and put in a professional light. All right, cool. Yeah. So for the audience, when you see Mocha Mills experience, make sure you guys support. <laughs> yes, please, uh, please. That I love what they're doing. All right, so the speed round. All right, I'm going to ask you a few questions. Whatever comes to mind, just, you know, just say it. Are those right? SAT questions or not? No. Really? <laughs> <laughs> no. These are really pretty straightforward. Okay. All right, what gets you out of bed? Um, being productive. All right. What's your favorite band? Or band. group. Or group. group. Um, group, I would say, right now, I like the Maroon 5. What? Maroon 5, really? I like the Maroon 5. Adam Levine, I like, I like his music and their music. I mean, that's weird. That's, 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 I mean, that's the influence from my, me going to a private school and being exposed to pop. Those are the kind of music I was all over and listening to No, I feel you. I like Maroon 5, too. That song, She Will Be Loved. That's, yeah. like, one of my oh, favorites, wow. you know? Like, I know people will be shocked when they hear this Maroon 5. What the hell? <laughs> But this, that's my style of music personally. I, I can't speak on behalf of the team. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm with you on that. That's pretty cool. All right, so favorite drink? Water. Water. All yes. right. I like that water. Role model? My brother. All right. Luxury item? Luxury item. I was in my bank account. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I have any luxury to the bank account. That's the only luxury that I have right now. <laughs> All right. That's that's a neat answer. All right. <laughs> Favorite food? Um, rice. Right. Jollof rice. Yeah, I was about to say. Yeah, you have yeah. to. Because Nigeria. <laughs> yeah. There's been an epic battle about the jollof rice, but I would say jollof rice is my favorite food. Made by mom or made by anybody? Made by anybody who knows how to make it. Okay. Yeah. Got it. Favorite country to visit? To visit? Mm-hmm. I would like to visit South Africa. Okay. Best way to give back? Make it bring Through your time. I would say your time. That's the best way. Creating time. Making yourself available. Okay. Retirement place? Wow, that I haven't actually thought about where I would like to retire. Retirement place, I would say somewhere, somewhere in Africa. But I want the flexibility to be able to travel everywhere. So I, I wouldn't say it's a place. It's just yeah. having that flexibility to go anywhere and travel. Okay, I like that. Yeah. Cartoon. Tom and Jerry. Yes. Yes. That was my favorite cartoon as well. Growing up. Yeah. 
I, when I used to cry a lot, my mom would put me in front of Tom and Jerry, and I just <laughs> and that, that solves was all it. the problems. <laughs> yeah, Tom and Jerry. Drama. Drama. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Very interesting. I wouldn't say I have one to be honest. Drama, 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 drama. I can't think of anyone on top of my head. Drama as an artist, a drummer. No drama, like uh, drama. Yeah. Oh. Drama. I'm not really big on movies, but uh, can you give me options? Can you throw a few <laughs> drama? I don't want to make it. There? I don't want to influence your response. Inf- yeah. What drama? The um the show on TV Billions. Ah uh, okay. Does that count? I mean, it's whatever you want. Billions, billions. If billions. you watch Billions, that's that's my kind of show and that's type of drama that I like. All right, perfect comedy. Comedy. I'll just mention comedian. Everything that they do is what I enjoy. Um, Martin Lawrence mm. and Will Smith. Okay. Are you going to see Bad Boys? What is it? Three. It, Bad Boys Three. When it comes out, I yeah, wanna, I'm, I'm excited for see, that as well. Yes, just to see how they recreated. They're older now. Yeah. How it evolves. <laughs> how they could still move the same way. I just want to see that. All yeah. right. What is happy? What is happy? Mm-hmm. Oh. Happiness for me would be seeing all my friends accomplishing what they strive to accomplish mm-hmm. and us being successful as a unit and just seeing how far we've come as 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 a group, as as an organization and just having been able to give back to our parents and just to our loved ones to say, okay, all the hard work that was invested in us paid off. All right, perfect. Yeah. Well, that's that's a wrap for us with Currency Shift entering the great Mocha. No, sorry, Mocha Mills experience. Um, is there anything that you want our audience to know? Um, what I would say is, um, in regards to entertainment and just overall as an individual, um, building relationships is very important. I realized I learned that the hard way because normally I like doing things on my own because mm-hmm. I know I had control of it. But as I grew older and faced various challenges, I realized having building relationships is very important because if I did some, if something is going on, people could rely on me. People could call me based on those relationships that I've built. And so for me, always be determined, always be focused, have a strong understanding of what you want to accomplish and what you want to do, and make sure you build relationships during that process because you never know where you will need someone to help you accomplish those goals. That's very true. Yeah. And tell the people how to follow you and get in contact with you. Um. Yeah. On social media is at, especially on Instagram, at Mocha Mills EXP. So M-U-O-K-A-M-I-L-L-S-E-X-P. And that's mainly our name on all social media platforms, Twitter, Facebook. And we have our website, www.MochaMillsExp.com. So you can find us, reach out. Let's have a conversation. All right. Pleasure. It's been a pleasure having you on the show. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. It's great. <laughs> Thank you to our sponsor for Season 2, Punto Space. The contemporary raw space combines capacity with intimacy. Four distinct spaces on three levels encompass more than 3,500 square feet. Custom configurations, a state-of-the-art audio-visual system, and full-service support provide endless possibilities for realizing your creative vision. Thank you for joining the conversation. To learn more about Currency Shift, go to currencyshiftnow.com. 
If you feel as though you fit the criteria as the first, the only, or the disruptive, send us an email, info at currencyshiftnow.com. Until next time, keep pushing, stay motivated, and stay encouraged.